0: Good morning, church. It's another lovely Sunday morning and we're so happy to have you with us once again. It's still the month of October, so you know what that means? It is still going to be a missions-themed sermon today. And I am your missions pastor, so it's with joy and excitement that I get to bring you the Word of God. Now, do we only think about missions when it's the month of October? Are we a one month a year missions church? I would like to encourage us about this one term. Have you heard of the term called a missional church? A missional church. What is a missional church? Some of you may ask, but some of you may know it. A missional church is basically a church that is committed to the practicing of the Great Commission. And how do they practice it? They practice the Great Commission in every area of their life, of their ministry, and it happens every single day. So church, today I I have a burning message in my heart about how God is calling you and I, all of us, glad tidings, pataling jaya, to be that missional church in the 21st century. I'm excited and you know, a missional church calls for radical living. Type that into the chat group right now. Radical living. What is radical living, you may ask? Now, the word radical is not a negative word at all. The word radical in this instance is something new, completely different, something extraordinary. So, radical living is talking about believers who are living, extraordinary, supernatural, faith-living, lives. Are you excited? Come on, let's look to the Lord in prayer and as we just get into the Word of God. Join me in prayer. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us your your son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the great mandate, Lord, the great commission that God, through your love for us, Lord, you have asked us to go forth into the world, O Lord, and share the good news of Jesus Christ. So Lord, let the fire of your anointing go into every household, go into every heart of God. Lord, we yearn to hear from you, Lord, and we yearn to be that missional church in the 21st century. So Lord, we commit today to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yes, today we will start with Acts chapter 8 and I'm reading from verse 1. You can join me as you're reading at home. The verse is on the screen for you to see. And there arose that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout all the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Now from this verse, we gather three things. There was a great persecution that took place in Jerusalem, All the believers were scattered. The verse says they were all scattered. The apostles were not scattered, however. Perhaps they needed to to remain in Jerusalem for special and specific purposes of the Lord. But today we focus on the believers that were all scattered. Now this group of believers, they were already a radical community. They were radically saved through powerful sermons from the Acts chapter 2 after the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And we read from Acts chapter 1, 2, 3, all the way to Acts chapter 7, in the midst of the outpouring of the Spirit, the Word grew. Thousands and thousands were saved daily and they lived as a community. They were witnessing signs and wonders daily. Miracles were abounding and you know, what was beautiful about this radical community, those who had gave and saved for others who did not have. They lived as a radical Christian community and there was no lack in any believer. And so they were were having good fellowship there. But there was a persecution that was beginning to happen. And in Acts chapter 7, the unthinkable took place. In Acts chapter 7, we have the first martyr, first notable martyr in the book of Acts. Let me read to you from Acts chapter 7, verse 60. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. After he had said this, Stephen breathed his last, and he became then the first martyr of the church in Acts, the church in Jerusalem. And after that, a mighty persecution broke out, which is where we just read in Acts chapter 1, a great persecution uh, broke out and all the believers, they were scattered because they were running for their lives. We read also in the first few verses of Acts chapter 8, homes were being ransacked, so they left everything behind. They left homes, they left friends, they left a community and they scattered. And the verse tells us this, they scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. All the believers left Jerusalem. It looked like the church in Jerusalem had closed its doors, had it or had it expanded its doors according to what the Spirit had proclaimed in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You see, Acts chapter 8 is a very pivotal chapter in the entire move of God. God is doing a marvellous advancing of His kingdom and Acts chapter 8 is such a pivotal chapter of how the gospel moves out from Jerusalem. And so we're just going to get into this and we're going to go through four different ways that God is advancing his kingdom. And after that, we will learn four radical living life hacks for the missional church in the 21st century. Remember, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 was talking about an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was meant to Help everyone, every believer to be witnesses. You shall receive power from on high to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. So the great persecution brought about the first wave of God's advancement of the kingdom of God. We call this first wave, wave number one, expelled from Jerusalem. They were expelled because of a persecution that took place. Something beyond their, their control, situation that happened that was terrifying, that was horrific. They had to leave everything. They were probably, if you and I were there, or rather if I was there, I think I would have been such a broken person. I would be fearful, I will be scared. And this was the first movement of the people of God, not because of their own violation, but because the Lord allowed this persecution to take place for the expelling out of Jerusalem. What happened to the church as they went out of Jerusalem, as they were expelled? Were they fearful? Were they in hiding? Let's take a look what Acts chapter 8 says. Now, those who were scattered about went about preaching the word. They were persecuted for preaching the word. And yet here we see in Acts chapter 4, they continued as they were scattered. They remained true to the gospel. They preached the word in the midst of going through their own losses, in the midst of going through their own heartaches, their own security has been taken away from them. And yet they continued preaching as a scattered church. They continued preaching because, you know what? That radical community, they lived knowing that their security ultimately rests in the Lord God Almighty. They were unafraid and they were bold. So they did not stop. So they expelling the first move that caused them to expel out of a comfortable place spread the gospel in such a mighty wave. And it's hard even today, I believe that many have gone through so many hardships. And maybe you've been expelled from a very comfortable position. Maybe you've been expelled and feeling the loss of relationships. And these are very real situations. And I believe the Lord is continuing to have His hand and His eyes upon every one of you. I want to encourage and speak to your hearts. If you're in a position of great uncertainty and you feel so lost that you have been expelled from a place of comfort, I want to encourage you, be like the people in Jerusalem. Though expelled, they knew who their Lord was. And that brings us to the second wave. The second wave is seen here in Acts 8, verse 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. He proclaimed the Messiah. Now, most of the the believers that were scattered, they were scattered all around Judea. Judea basically means a place of the Jews. So, they were scattered from Jerusalem, which is mostly Jews, and they were scattered to the regions beyond Jerusalem to Judea with a lot more Jews who who look exactly like them, talk the same language as them and have the similar culture to them. But Philip decided to do something a little bit different, a little bit more radical. What Philip did was he went down to the city of Samaria. The second wave of how God advances the kingdom is when he was impelled to go into Samaria. Being impelled means there is an urge within you to just say, I want to do something different as the Lord leads me and the Lord led him beyond his own people group, beyond his own comfortable zone of communication. He went to the Samaritans and he preached the Messiah. He preached Jesus. He preached the Christ from a community. The Lord is not just working in a community. The Lord Hone down here to let us see how he can work in one individual by the name of Philip. And as Philip was used by the Lord, there was a mighty revival taking place in the Samaritan village that he was at. Signs and wonders, miracles took place, demons fled. And there was such a powerful work that news got back to the Jerusalem council, Peter and John came on to join him and they ministered along and they witnessed with their own eyes. Indeed, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the gospel had gone out. There were witnesses that had gone out from Jerusalem to Judea and from Judea there were witnesses. One witness by the name of Paul, he went out into Samaria and they received the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, type a hallelujah, rejoice because this is how the kingdom of God is expanding. It started in small ways. It started with communities and it also starts with individuals. Hallelujah. Now, Samaria is a a city, is is a region that is located to the north of Jerusalem. So, after going to the north, he and Peter and John, they returned to Jerusalem. It was a successful ministry and they had stories to tell. You know, when you come back from a missions trip, we have stories upon stories because every time we go and we see the astounding work of God, the marvelous things that God does for his people, it's too good not to tell. We have got so many stories that if we will have to have dinner parties, The parties will last all night long. And I believe that there were stories to be told. But in the midst of that success, there was a third wave. A third wave that God was advancing his kingdom. It was not over just because they were having successes in Samaria and Judea. The third wave is in Acts chapter 8 verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. So from Jerusalem, he had to travel all the way down towards Gaza. It was a desert place. It's very lonely. It's isolated. It's not going to be teeming with crowds as how it was in the villages of Samaria. It's not going to be teeming with city life as in Jerusalem. It was a desolate place. And Philip was instructed. Go now to the desolate place. No other other instructions was given to him. And verse 27, Philip just does one thing. He rose and he went. Wow. But he was compelled. Compelled is a very strong push. There was a strong spirit within him, the strong spirit witness that was saying, it's time to go, rise and go. And he rose and he went. Church, let's be like Philip. When the Lord says it's time to move, we need to rise and go. And so when he went, who did he see there? In verse 27, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace the Queen, of Ethiopia, who was in charge of her treasure. And this Ethiopian eunuch had come to Jerusalem to worship. He had come knowing that there was something amazing happening in Jerusalem. But as we read on, he didn't fully have the proper revelation of Jesus Christ. And the spirit, as we read on, the spirit compelled Philip, go towards the chariot join the chariot. Philip had no qualms. Now, Philip is a simple man and he had to go and see a chariot. People who ride in chariots are normally of a different social stature. And we see this Ethiopian, he was an official, a queen's official, a court official. He would have been dressed in splendor. He would have had people waiting on him. You would have been able to see him and you know He is somebody of great influence. But at the same time, if Philip were to look upon him, there are also very marked differences. Now the word Ethiopian, it's not only limited to the nation of Ethiopia as we know in the modern world today, but the Ethiopian that is generally referred to in the Bible are all nations below the nations of Egypt. So all the nations that rest below Egypt, they are generally referred to as Ethiopia. And Ethiopians were Africans. So they were dark-skinned, just like me, right? So this Ethiopian eunuch, not only did he have a very different social stature, he was also very affluent He looked completely different, a different race. He spoke maybe a different tongue, but somehow he probably had to understand the scripture so they could have commonalities in understanding the word of God. Philip obeyed. And this was the first notable link of the gospel leaving from Jerusalem to the nations, from Jerusalem to Ethiopia, from Jerusalem to a people that is even more different. The first step of cross-cultural boundaries that were changed was when he went to Samaria. And now this was another greater step of cross-cultural boundaries when he allowed himself to be willing to minister to the Ethiopian. And great things happened when he stepped out in faith. It was just one man. And Philip gave him all the attention and all the teaching. And this Ethiopian said, I, can, I am ready to be water baptized. Isn't this amazing? The third way when we are compelled to the nations, great things can happen when the word of God is shared with power. We don't know the influence of those who hear the gospel. This Ethiopian is an influential man. You can, I can just imagine it when he goes back to the queen, when he goes back to the courts, he would have a story to tell. And that's how marvelous the Lord works. Philip did not allow intimidation to stop him from reaching out to the intimidation. From stopping him from reaching out to the eunuch, I mean. He did not allow shyness to say, oh, who am I to talk to someone like him? He just allowed the Holy Spirit to compel him. And he said yes to all that the Holy Spirit told him to do. Church, this is a marvellous thing. And now, while the Ethiopian was being baptised, let's read what happens. Something exciting happens in Acts chapter 8 verse 39. And when they came out of the water, after water baptism, they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. How marvelous is that church? One moment you're baptizing somebody, next moment Philip was just carried away by the Spirit of God, just took him off. Now you see him, now you don't. And the eunuch never saw Philip again, but he had something greater. He had something greater in his heart. He had a right relationship. He knew who the Messiah was and that's why the scripture says he went on his way rejoicing. The fourth wave is you can be propelled supernaturally beyond what the physical holds. When God wants to advance his kingdom, the physical no longer have any boundaries on us. When the Lord wants to move us as we obey Him, He can propel you in supernatural ways beyond what you can imagine. Church, this is how God began the work of missions overseas and to the regions beyond, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria. And then to the ends of the earth. Wow! And after this, we read in Acts chapter eight, verse forty, Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. It was quite a distance, you can see on the map. The Lord translated him. Philip was unfazed. He was just focused. Where you lead me, I will go. We talked about a missional church is a church with radical living. That is the heartbeat of a radical living believer. Where you lead me, I will go. So church, we see there were four waves of how God was advancing his kingdom in so many different ways. What does that mean for us today? What do we glean from it? What does radical living mean for us here in the 21st century? Let's take a look at wave number one when they were expelled from Jerusalem. The believers themselves were going through so many unbelievable hardships themselves and yet, despite being on the run, they chose to shine for Jesus They chose to be a witness for Jesus in the midst of all that they were going through. And so for all of us that are going through different hardships, especially in the recent situations, the first radical living life hack for all of us is this. Shine for Jesus even when you're having a hard day. That's right, shine for Jesus even when you're having a hard day. Ta- type out in the chat group, shine for Jesus. Come on, declare it because that's going to be your life hack to be a radical living believer. Shine for Jesus because no matter how hard a day we are, the Lord has given us the strength. That's why the Holy Spirit said, I'm ca- the Holy Spirit is here to empower us to be witnesses and shine for Him. Because on our own, we cannot get it done. But with the Spirit, ah, he empowers us. So shine for Jesus, declare that out. And you know, in wave number two, when, when Philip was impelled, there was a strong urge to go into Samaria. Our radical living life hack number two, step out of the norm even if you are alone. I'm going to say that again. Step out of the norm even if you are alone. Everyone else was in Judea and they were doing a fantastic job. But when the Spirit impels you, urges you to go to that Samaria and no one else is there, step out. It's time to step out and that's what being a radical believer is. Radical living is about saying, Holy Spirit, where you lead me, I will go. Though none should follow, I will still go. I will still go. Though no one goes with me, I will still go. And that was Philip's heartbeat. And that is the heartbeat that we need to have to be that missional church in the 21st century. Type- In the chat group, step out. Step out. Say it to yourself at home. Step out. Where is the Lord asking you to step out? Because it's okay to be different. It's okay even if you're alone because you know what? As you're alone, the Lord will provide communities for you. I remember a story of a young 19-year-old who wanted to join me on a Sri Lanka trip. None of her friends wanted to join. She was the only one. And I was very concerned. I said, are you sure you want to come along with us? And she said, yes. And she just stepped out without her friends coming along. And after that first trip, I thought we would have scared her. She kept coming back year after year after year because she caught this life hack of radical living to step out even if you are alone. Wave number three, compelled to the nations. Our radical living life hack number three, when Philip was asked to rise and go, he obeyed. So, your radical living life hack number three is choose obedience even when it's scary. Obedience is hard. And sometimes it can be scary, it can be terrifying. I remember when I was a Bible school student, I was no longer earning a salary for my secular job. I was uh, thankful for the church giving us an allowance. And I just naturally assumed, okay, come missions month, my missions giving has to come significantly down because I was only living on an allowance. And God terrified me by placing a figure that it, was, it seemed impossible based on what I saw, what I knew I was receiving on a monthly allowance basis. I held on to my missions pledge card for more than a week, too scared to put it in. But the more I prayed, the more I felt the Lord said, this is what you're going to give. And so I finally placed it in and I just prayed. I just prayed, Lord, you know, I did not imagine this. I was not moved by emotion, but I was moved by your spirit. And thankfully, (laughs) thankfully that midway, really amazingly and supernaturally, that amount came in and I, I was so proud that day to go and, you know, put the money into the, en- the missions giving envelope, take it as missions giving and put it in. And because when I put it in, I knew that I had experienced an amazing faith-giving miracle. And that was only possible because of that call to say, yes, I will be obedient. So life hack number three of being a radical living believer is this. Choose obedience even when it's scary. Wave number four talked about being propelled beyond. How Philip was propelled beyond in such a supernatural way. The life hack for a radical living. Life hack number four is submit to the Holy Spirit for a life of purpose. Too often I, I speak to different ones, not just young, of all ages. And I realized that after going through so many seasons of life, they come and get stumped at this one question, what is the purpose of my life? And I want to speak to those of you who you're not sure what's your purpose. I want to let you know that God has a specific purpose for your life in God's kingdom work. Every one of us are called to be radical living believers. Every one of us has got a key essential place as God wants to advance his kingdom. We are living in the last days. And you know, he does not look on you as how you look upon yourself. You may see yourself full of flaws, but he sees potential in you. Allow the Holy Spirit to have full access to every part of your life. Can you today and every day surrender your hopes, your dreams, your family, your finances, your career? Can you surrender every aspect of your life and say, Holy Spirit, whatever you ask, I will do. That is the life hack church We are called to be the missional church that lives, eats, and breathes missions, not just in the month of October in glad tidings, but every single day in every aspect of our life. Wow, we are called to belong to a great body of believers who are all living a missional life. And I want to thank every one of you that you have been continuously partnering along in the mission's work of glad tidings. Not just this year, but you have been faithful through the years. You know, last two weeks, we had very powerful messages being shared. And I want to thank you for so many of you have actually uh, gone down into the, into the Google Forms and y'all have pledged, pledged amazing amounts. I know, I don't know your stories And I know many of you are pledging by faith, many of you are pledging sacrificially because that is an amount that is going to go to the kingdom advancement and it's a sacrifice that the Lord knows you are making and I want to thank you for it. And for those of you who have yet to uh, have the opportunity to do it, you know, we're going to have a video in a short while to teach you how you can participate in our online missions giving. But let me just give you an update on all the missions giving that we have received so far from all our language churches. From the English church, we have 837,950 ringgit. Praise God. From the Chinese church, we have 162,835 ringgit. For Bahasa, we have 11,240 ringgit, which brings us a total pledged amount to date of 1,012,025 ringgit. Come on, give God a shout out, give God a clap of glory, even on the chat group, you know. Let's give God the glory for every one of you who have participated across the board in our language churches. Our budget that we need For all the things that God has placed in the heart of all our missions coordinators, our budget that's needed is two million five hundred and sixty-six thousand four hundred ringgit. Church of Jesus Christ, Missional Church of Glad Tidings. I want to speak to your hearts. Let's put our hands together. Let's say yes. I want to be a part of this end times missional church as I avail myself to the Lord. I will also contribute as others also avail themselves to do all that God wants them to do in Malaysia and also in our partner nations, our 12 partner nations. So thank you so much. And I just want to pray for you. And in a little while, you will see our missions video on how you can participate in our online giving. However, for those of you who are not so comfortable with online giving, You can also drop by the office and we have physical copies of the pledge and you can fill it up and drop it in a sealed box. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for reminding us that God, you are in the business of advancing your kingdom. And Lord, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that makes it all happen. And God, I want to pray specifically for those who are going through such a great expelling out of different situations, out of what was comfortable and secure, Lord. They are standing on difficult and and navigating hard ground. Lord, I pray specifically for them. I speak breakthroughs. I speak wholeness. And Lord, I speak, oh God, that in the midst of all this, I speak your divine empowerment and strength so, Lord, they can keep shining for you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray for every one of us who are taking that step of faith in giving, that step of faith in saying, Lord, I am available to be a part of your end-time work. Lord, I pray for that assurance and that conviction of the power of the Holy Spirit upon every one of my brothers and sisters, oh Lord. Let your blessings overflow as well, O oh God. And Father, Lord, I speak, Lord, a prayer upon many of those here. You may have been struggling and saying, Lord, I want to serve you full-time. I want to honour you full-time, but there's always been a pull a hesitation a worry a concern but today the Lord is speaking to you I want to speak to your heart brother and sister take that step of faith the Lord will surely lead you the Lord will never abandon you Amen let's just pray Lord I pray for those who are struggling with a full time call that Lord today they will have that assurance that you are for them Lord So God, I pray for a blessing over the entire church that God, all of us, we will become your missional church in the 21st century. We will learn to be radical living believers for your glory. In a little while, if you need prayer, do connect with us on the Zoom prayer room as well and take a look at our missions video on how to contribute. Thank you.